Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. The title of today's message is called Mountain Moving Faith. If you would like uh, one of the notes, just raise your hands and the ushers are bringing the notes out. I want to talk to you about a faith that moves mountains. Faith is one of the pillars of the kingdom of God and a a primary element of contending for uh, the kingdom of God. That's our theme, contending for the kingdom. And we need faith to contend for the kingdom. The church or the body of Christ is a part of the kingdom of God. And God's kingdom is advancing when the church walks by faith and is taking action to impact the society around them. So I want to talk to you for a moment or two about faith and what it means to have faith because what I've found is that a lot of times people come up with their own definitions of stuff in the Bible and it doesn't mean what you think it means. It means what God says it means. Can I get a good amen? Right? So here's the definition of faith. Here is a biblical definition of faith or what faith is. Faith comes from the Greek word pistis. And pistis means it is an action based on trust in something or someone. Pistis in the Greek means action that is based on trust in something or someone. Faith is not only believing in something, but it is also a belief that provokes one to action due to what they believe. So faith is not simply what you believe, but faith is connected with the actions that you take because of what you believe. That's the reason why in the book of James, he said, faith without works is dead. You say you have faith. He said, but I have works to prove my faith. Why did he say that? Because some theologians were angry and upset with James and say, no, that's a works-based gospel. They are wrong. They didn't understand biblically what the definition of faith was because faith is the actions that we take based upon what we believe. So when people say, I have faith in this, and they take no action, they do not have faith in this. Because faith provokes you to move and make movement in the direction because of what you believe. Therefore, faith is the actions we take because of what we believe. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he said, for we live by faith and not by what? So he means that we're taking action to do God's will because of who we believe him to be instead of what we are experiencing around us. Your five senses is what you see around you. That's what we could say is sight, but faith is what we believe. But let me tell you this about unbelief. Unbelief causes us to take things in our own hands, and faith causes us to place things into the hand of God. It's quiet in this Baptist church right now. (laughs) 
See, a lot of time, oh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm just going to. A lot of times, some of us become control freaks because we have no faith and confidence in what God is doing and where he's trying to bring us or what he's trying to do in our midst. So we try to control and we put it in our hands. Whereas when we have true biblical faith, we say, God, I'm not going to walk by sight, but I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to put this in your hands because what's happening around me will not dictate my my actions, but my faith and my trust and my confidence in you will cause me to move and will dictate my actions. Let me talk to you for a moment about what are the consequences or the impact of a lack of faith. Mark 5, 6 says this, he could not, this is speaking of Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth, and I've been to Nazareth, by the way, and it said this, that he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. This is Jesus, the Messiah, the resurrected one, the one who was raising people from the dead, casting out devils, doing miracles, healing the sick, performing all manners of supernatural things, and he could not do very many things because of the lack of faith of the people. A lack of faith prevents our prayers from being answered and severely stifles the miracle-working power of God in our lives. Could it be that we pray and we're not seeing the answer of God because of the lack of faith or the little faith that, or little confidence we have in God to, to step into our situations and to move on our behalves? I want to give you three elements that cause a lack of faith. And these are three things that you either have to surrender, let go of, or overcome so that you do not live in the same place that the people of Nazareth lived in where they did not see very many miracles at the hand of Jesus. Number one is fear. This is the first thing that caused a lack of faith. It says, we don't want to feel the sting of disappointment. Therefore, we remain in a place of fear, which prevents us from taking action to engage Christ by faith. Fear is like when a scorpion or, or a serpent has venom and they bite something and they paralyze their victim or their prey and the, the victim is incapable of moving. It's the same way that fear can paralyze a believer from taking action and believing God. Fear has an element of paralysis connected with it and it stops us from moving. It stops us from trusting. It stops us from obeying. Fear will cause you to be in a place of a lack of faith. The second thing is unbelief. Look at your neighbor and say unbelief. <clears throat> unbelief is when we don't believe God is either capable or willing to do something on our behalf. Now, I know all of you are so holy and sanctified, and you've never had these thoughts or feelings or emotions. But unbelief is when we say, God, you could do it for them, but you can't do it for me. God, I believe, I have faith that you could bless this person, but you can't bless me. I have, I have confidence that you can do something in their life and not in my life. Unbelief is when we either believe God is either not capable or he is not willing to do something on our behalf. And the third is unworthiness. When we don't believe that God will answer our prayers because we have feelings of being unworthy. Let me tell you, this is the power of the blood of the Lamb. 
you have never been, you never will be, or in the future become worthy because of what you can do. Your worthiness comes because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. Amen? So when I go to God, I never say, God, I've done X, Y, and Z, therefore I deserve X, Y, and Z, because God might find a flaw in some area of my life and say, son, this thing disqualifies you based upon what you think you bring to the table versus saying you understand that it is by my blood that you have been cleansed and forgiven and washed and made whole and redeemed, and because of my blood you have been made worthy to stand before the Father, not because of what you've done, but because of what I've done. I have done. Amen? We see Adam and Eve stop going to God because they sinned and they felt what? Unworthy. And the Lord says, Adam, where are you? We're hiding. Why are you hiding? If feelings of unworthiness will keep you from the presence of God, it'll keep you from praying, it'll keep you from reading your Bible, keep you from coming to church, it'll keep you from small group, it'll keep you from fellowship with other believers. Feelings of unworthiness are so evil because they will prevent you from walking in the fullness of God and what God has for you. But you are not worthy because of what you bring to the table, but you are worthy through the blood of the Lamb and his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. Amen? So what's the impact of mustard seed faith? Faith is the actions we take because of what we believe. I'll just give you this one and then we'll close the service. David. When David was a young man and he faced Goliath, what was his belief? David believed that his God was greater than Goliath or the giant that he was facing. God will put you in circumstances and situations to test your belief. Not the devil, not your spouse, not your boss, not your co-worker, not the barista that messed up your order at Starbucks, but God will put you in the situation to test your faith to see what your confidence and your belief is. And they, God put David, a teenager, before Goliath because David believed that God was greater than the giants that he was facing. I know that some of you are facing giants today, but God wants you to understand that Goliath may be nine foot tall, but God is a million feet tall, and he is much bigger, much greater, much stronger, and much more powerful than whatever you may be facing. Whatever you focus on is what you magnify. That's a word for somebody. Whatever you focus on is what you magnify. You focus on the problem, then the problem becomes greater than God. You focus on God, then God is greater than the problem. The reality is God has always been greater than the problem, but you can't see God because you are so myopic and just looking at the issue and the problem that you won't even allow God to come into your view. The children of Israel said when God told them to go into the promised land, they said we are like grasshoppers before the people. They're giants in the land. You are not a grasshopper, but what happened? The problem became bigger than God, so in their minds they shrunk God down. They shrunk themselves down, and they shrunk the promises of God down to a grasshopper mentality. Therefore, they did not receive the promise because of their lack of faith. 
Caleb and Joshua said, we are well able to take the land. What was the difference? One group, what two men said, our God is bigger than what we're facing. The rest of them said the problem is bigger than the God we serve. David knew that his God was bigger than the Goliath, the giant, the difficulty, the thing that he was dealing with and facing. What was his action? Because faith is an action that we take because of what we believe. His action was David stepped out on the battlefield with five stones and a slingshot in the name of his God to face a nine-foot-tall giant having total confidence that God would give him the victory. Amen? Your faith, your actions are proof of what you believe. Your actions are proof that you believe that God is bigger than whatever you're facing. Amen? Today, as I speak to you about mountain-moving faith, and I'm going to end my my sermon right here. Verse 20, Matthew 17 and verse 20 says this. says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move because nothing will be impossible for you. Why does God want us to walk by faith? Because then we become a testimony of the greatness of God to all who see his answers to prayer in our lives. When God performs a miracle in your life, it becomes a point of testimony to declare the greatness of God. When God brought Moses and the children of Israel through the Red Sea, you see throughout the chronology and the history of Israel that they always reference back to the greatest single miracle that God performed for the whole nation to allow four million people to walk on dry ground through a sea and to destroy the greatest army in the world. Why? Because that became a declaration of the power, the faithfulness, the goodness, and the might of God. And whenever they became low as a people or low in their faith, God says, remember what I did back then, because if I did it then, I will do it again. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.